0: This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Logan, Punching Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to another allergic episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew.
1: And I'm Adam. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, swimmingly, swimmingly. It was a whimsical day amongst the children.
0: Uh, whimsical. Uh, I, was, I was having a whimsical day. There are a bunch of cats around it. My allergies are acting up.
1: No, well, I say I understand, but how can one live without the cat, the 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 companionship of our small furry friends?
0: Mm, I do love small furry friends, woodland creatures.
1: They are often even more intellectually superior. Than their human counterparts.
0: <laughs> oh, you're oh, so bad. Could could you imagine if we were like that? <laughs>
1: oh. All right, it's enough of
0: that. It was never enough of that.
1: How's but it going, man? I, li- I like that though. That's gonna. That's definitely gonna make a lot of sense later on. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, I've been working on lots of little fun things and. Me getting along well at at my my job and at home and you know, just things are generally going well.
0: Very good. Very good.
1: Yeah, so uh you know, I've been running my D and D class and they How's that been? been they've been playing and some unexpected uh students kind of stood up and started GMing and you know, it's Whoa. cool. It's cool to see kids that like are usually like way into their shells, you know, actually mm. take that dive. You know how scary and nerve-wracking it can be. Oh, totally. Um and you know, I've I've got people struggling with disabilities and that sort of thing and they are still like, yeah, I can do it. Nice. Um Well,
0: good on you for, you know, creating an environment where they feel comfortable enough to be able to do that. You know, that's no small
1: no small challenge. Yeah, and also, you know, we had our uh spring season of esports get started. Today we played our uh League of Legends match and we won quite handily. And nice. tomorrow. Same team. Yeah, same same group of uh of boys. Um Nice. No girls this time around. I've I have had some ladies on the team in the past, um, mm. but uh, just no, no such luck this time. But it's a great group of uh, kids that just play incredibly well, and they play well together, which is the most important thing. And that is yeah. And then tomorrow uh, is going to be the first time we're going to be competing in Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh yeah, and that's, that's a new one. That's a different couple of kids, but you know, same school, of course. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, I've got everything set up properly. I don't really spend any time playing online when it comes to the Switch. I don't really mm. play Smash Brothers. I mean, not like I've played it, you know, but it's not it's not my jam. Right. And uh, you know, but I got I just got this kid who's just like really gifted. You know we nice. we had a tournament back at the school a few years ago, and when he was still in like seventh or eighth grade, he came in to play and he, he paid the entrance fee like everybody and he won the whole thing. Holy cow And yeah, and so I was like, when he joined the school I was like, well we I gotta I gotta help this kid go as far as he can go. Oh, totally. You know, so that's that's been exciting. So a lot with D and D, and a lot with uh, esports, and you know, just the the common school stuff. And so it's been a good time. How about how about you? Nice.
0: Um, nothing too crazy. Well, at, actually, uh, now that I think about it, Nord had a uh, another Kickstarter go live. Tonight.
1: Yeah, I, so I got the email today.
0: Yes, that thing funded, it hit 20000 in about half an hour. Nice. It was crazy. Nice. Really, really fast. So that, that was very gratifying. That, that is not a project I am on. Um, that's one that is being done uh, the vast majority by Josh Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who is very, very good. So that's super exciting. Um you want to say what it is? Been, oh, my God. Uh, I was looking at it today, and it just completely slipped my mind <laughs> to actually mention it. Uh, it's the Elements of Inspiration card deck. Yeah. Um, so if... Let me get the address here. The address is kickstarter.com slash projects slash Nord Games, all one word, slash elements dash of dash inspiration. And it's a deck that is all full of different inspirational ideas for world building and uh, various, you know, coming up with. The broad strokes of what might be happening in your game, you might use this during prep and very cool. things like that.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, we, we could very, always very use cool. stuff like that. You know, it's it's a lot like those rollable tables, but you know, there's something about yeah. having that card in hand. You know, there's it's, you know, there's a there's something about that that's really fun. Yeah,
0: it's you know, you have that tactile element. It's just it's always fun
1: to be able to get your hands on stuff. Um, Yeah, and I I supported the deck of many worlds like a year ago. I'm still waiting for that to get released. Oh man, yeah.
0: I mean, production issues right now
1: are yeah, uh, yeah, China is just yeah, yeah, it's nuts. No, I mean that's it's totally understandable. Like I'm not upset about it. It, Well, sure. I'm just you know I'm rubbing my hands together. You might say, and you know I'm excited to to get my hands on all these little things. Right. Uh, I just got the um, early PDF release uh, from Heliana's Guide to to Harvesting and Crafting. And it's got some really interesting, crunchy, fun stuff in there, too. Like what? You know, like um, basically being able to carve up big monsters that you kill and turn their body parts into gear and potions you know that tracks it, yeah exactly it is really cool and it and it does a good job of kind of involving all the different skills that you you possess not just like okay this is the book if you happen to have leather workers or something like right. like even like glass blowing is something that comes up for making like orbs and scepters right yep and absolutely and so that's really, really really cool that you know so many different aspects like Some people are going to be better at taking on certain creature types than others, Um, which is, uh, you know, something a lot of stuff always kind of ends up on the sheet and maybe never comes up. Right. Mm. Like like you might you you, maybe you took cartography because when you were making that character the first time you really thought about it or some of the knowledge checks like religion and nature might not come up as often as as maybe they should yeah um so I like things that that kind of help us remember that hey these decisions mattered and uh, they they're an important part of the character so yeah absolutely so so far so good um I might not use everything everything but I do want to mm-hmm. use a big chunk of it I think between like a game like Monster Hunter world or rise you know mm-hmm. and a game like the Witcher 3 you've yeah. got like this ultimate, concept for like monster hunting yeah because that's true because you know witcher is all about that anticipation and the story of the monster in kind of defeating it on a psychological spiritual level and then right and, and also of course doing the concoctions and stuff and monster hunter is all about like the the gear and the traps and the setting up like all of the materials and then getting in there and hitting the big giant dinosaur dragon thing, you Mm -hmm. know, with all your, your souped up weapon techniques, you know, like you do a little bit of both of those things. You got a pretty killer campaign and that's definitely something I want to start doing um, here pretty soon. I've been thinking a lot about doing a campaign in Runeterra And uh, you know, just for fun the other day I was like statting up like benefits for being from the various regions in the League of Legends universe. So interesting. Get ready for the for the next, you know, Adam project to get really nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I always am. I always am. It's
0: it's just a question of what kind of nuts it's gonna be
1: yeah i the this uh, last dungeon you guys have been going through has been a weird kind of nuts you know it's, yeah it's definitely the oddest dungeon I've ever done it's it's <laughs> so.
0: been honestly i've I've enjoyed it I felt like I've felt like so far the um the contents of the dungeon have been varied and interesting it didn't feel like here's a combat encounter here's another combat encounter Here's another combat encounter. It's you know, you had That's kinda of how Moraxis was, yeah. It you know, and for me, it just gets exhausting because like one D&D fight takes a long time. You want that Even fight if, to
1: feel meaningful. Right.
0: You know, right. So it's you know, last night we spent we spent a good while doing like a series of eight riddles. That some of us, some of the riddles had us stump, but good um, for a while, but all of us wound up really committing uh, or not committing, contributing in a big way
1: to solving that. It was a really absolutely cool, uh, instance of teamwork. And uh, one thing that pleased me about it was that I was like, you can totally bypass all of this by just fighting everything here. And yeah, but it feels if you like, like taking easy way out. Yeah, you guys were like, I'm probably powerful enough to win, but why? Yeah. Like, I'd rather do this, right? I'd rather do this this riddle and solve it. And I'm like, that's good. That's the answer I'm hoping for. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that was really cool. So this dungeon has has started with, you know, playing, signing a contract with automatons to, you know, uh, solving production problems to playing dice with statues to fighting Moloch, (laughs) you know. So, you know. (laughs) a bit of this a bit of that it's yeah it's been pretty wacky i it, it's just dumping tons of treasure on you guys yeah you know it's like the casino dungeon in a way you and know? it's great yeah it's so, awesome it's a lot of fun yeah it's been it's been weird it's not every it's not everybody's cup of tea but it is definitely a a tea
0: <laughs> yes
1: it is a tea it is a it tea is it is a T speaking uh, of uh, spilling the tea because your cat walks on your desk and knocks it over mm. and also gossip. Hmm. Do you, do, should we get started or is there anything else I'm, I'm kind of forgetting? Um, well,
0: I'll throw this out there. Okay. I've been playing a couple new video
1: games. recently. Oh yeah. You, you totally One, ruined my life by the way. oh, because you because because Andrew got a gift for for everybody in the Patreon, you know, and uh, yeah, and I was a recipient of this, too. So for three bucks, he got he got on Steam and he got everybody vampire survivors. And I thought <laughs> this, this looks dumb, I'll, but I'll I'll play it to be polite. You know, I'll, I'll give it. It was a gift. It is Let me let me see how many hours I have logged in this. <laughs> let me see. Yeah, I got 34 and a half hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've got uh, all but one achievement.
0: <laughs> I I I just 100%ed yeah. the game.
1: Good job by the way. Ooh,
0: man, thank you. It's that is that game is the the definition of bang for your buck.
1: Oh, they uh, unlocked more things for it. You can now evolve the Santa. What? Water. You can evolve Santa Water now. Yes. That's
0: cool. That's one thing I was I was hoping for.
1: Oh, and there's another Ooh. character. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a super so. fun game. Is it, if you want to, you want some kind of dumb fun? I would highly recommend it. It's got some yeah. some good decision making and character building stuff. So.
0: Just the, I think what got me was just the like popcorn frenzy of positive feedback that the game is just constantly throwing at you. Like, it's like, hey, you want to level up? Cool. Hey, you want to level up again? Cool. Hey, you want to? And it just keeps going. Here's some experience. Here's some items. Here's some powers. Here's some more items. And you're just constantly making those decisions, and then about ten to thirty seconds in between those decisions, you annihilate hordes of monsters just by moving.
1: Yep, it's it's nuts. In fact, it, it with some builds like you can basically stand still and just suck up experience, and yes, and just pull everything in. So it's, there's some creative ways to play, uh, that are, that are really cool. And, And a lot of the sort of evolutions of your abilities have, have interesting interactions.
0: Yeah, they really do. It's, it's just, it's a very gratifying game to play. Like, you know, you get that kind of visceral satisfaction when you just walk along and just see, Hundreds and thousands of these little monsters just vaporize in your wake. Like it's very, very
1: satisfying. It's so, like watching a bunch of dominoes fall. So I, I, I've ended up putting way too much time into this game, and I've been also just bouncing between that and team fight tactics. And uh, nice. Those have been those have been good fun. I hit gold in team fight tactics again. Ooh. And congratulations. Uh, I want to Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to get platinum again. We'll see. You know, maybe Is that that's the hit. highest you've you've gotten? I've gotten platinum before, yeah. Uh but Do I, you do I that pretty hard. regularly? Like, do I play the game or hit platinum? Have do you hit platinum pretty regularly or did so, you just do it once? I've never hit platinum in actual League of Legends, like uh-huh. Summoner's Rift. Never. I've only been like high gold. Gotcha. Um, but in in Teamfight Tactics, I've it's it's easy for me to get gold. It's hard. It's very hard for me to get uh, platinum. So, gotcha. But I have done it. But I have done it. So I like it because it's kind of like yeah. On the one hand, it's like knowing best in slot items and just knowing the meta and what's good and right. But there's also this level of like economics to it, which you know kind of scratches that itch for me and you you get to like kind of in a hectic quick way analyze the the marketplace and make decisions based on um what's available and what's in demand and right and so it's it it kind of scratches that nerd itch for me um it's not for everybody
0: it's a a really good little game though i mean if if you're somebody who enjoys a little bit of crunch, a little bit of decision-making and kind of having that, um, that sort of aspect of creation and refinement where like you start with an idea and you make tweaks and adjustments and optimizations based on certain choices that get presented to you. Um, it, it, it's really cool that way. Cause you can kind of see your own strategy kind of evolve and develop as you go along. Right.
1: Yeah. And how it can shift.
0: It's, it's a very, it's a very, very cool, cool little game.
1: Um, yeah, I'd recommend I, it. I mean, it's free to play, so give it a, give it a try. You don't really even need to know much about the actual league of legends game. In fact, when you first load up your account the first time, you know, it'll basically ask you which game do you want to play? So there you go. If you, if you don't want to get into the toxic universe of summoners rift, you can skip all of that and go right to, right to who doesn't like being able to
0: skip right to the good stuff, which, uh, Uh you know, maybe we ought to do that now. Maybe we ought to uh, do that. I, I'm, I delayed us with uh, vampire survivors yet again.
1: It was worthy of it though. it was worthy of it. Sure was sure
0: was. Anyway, you have brought with you a
1: topic tonight. Yeah lay it on me. So I have my uh, weekly game with a uh, with a group of younger players uh, ranging between about 9 and 13 years old. Okay. And, and you know, playing a game for them is different than playing a game with a lot of other people. And mm-hmm. I I find that um younger players tend to be more interested in animals than they're interested in people. I so, think that's
0: that can be pretty true for a lot of adults I've
1: met. Oh yeah, well well certainly, <laughs> you know. And I, I've joked around before that like all my friends are these like cat people. I don't know why, because I I think of myself as such a dog person, you know, whatever that means. But you know, I—if you could own bears, I'd be into bears. I'm sure, but
0: <laughs> bears <laughs> like, are awesome. Bears are Although, super cool
1: animals. If—if if it turns remember, out that like um, reincarnation is real, I really hope to be a bear.
0: Being being a bear would be fun.
1: Yeah, that would be it my sure. that
0: would be my wish. It sure would. Although you go back and you. You uh if you were to ask Stephen, old school Stephen Colbert <laughs> All right. godless yeah. killing machines.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love how that would, uh, that was like a recurring joke. You would always like talk about the big dangers facing us, and bears would always now, the list.
0: Bears <laughs> number one on the list.
1: Yeah. Uh so that was that was really cool. But anyway, so My my uh, my players started really building up over time a collection of pets and I like to do something with my players where I give them essentially a quest board, you know, like a variety of things, especially when we start like a new chapter. I'm like, okay, here's like two or three adventures you could essentially go on. And And do they do they, uh, as the kids say, try to catch them all? They really do. They really do, and they—they <laughs> they don't question at all, like the morality of like taking these creatures away from their habitat or what their effect on the ecosystem might be. Of course be. not. It's a
0: quest, you or whether or not quest. these
1: animals even want to be around them. They assume that, of course, they want to be with them, right? Yeah, they've and, been waiting their whole life, for, and and I'm not for about to be to, found. Yeah, and I, I'm not here to to shoot Bambi's mom, you know, like I, I'm absolutely here for that fantasy fulfillment. Right. And so of, of shooting Bambi's mom. So, I I mean, I'm not here to judge. I mean, that depends on the group. Right. So Hmm. when I, when I was playing for our, our main, like a Monday night group, people were really interested in collecting NPCs, right? Like adding,
0: that sounds weird, but yeah, but yeah, like <laughs> making
1: friends and there, you know, adding people to the town was part of building up that town, or just you oh, know, yeah. kind of zooming in on members of the town to make them more like characters, and instead of just you know, hey, I click on the shopkeeper, you know, mm-hmm. but the the kids and and teenagers to a somewhat lesser extent really like pets, but you you do bring a a good point that everybody does, you know, like a lot of people of different age groups like pets. And sometimes it's just one person at your table. Sometimes it's several. And it really got to the point where, you know, I had to stop and like turn open a page. And I just went through with each kid one by one. I was like, tell me all the pets that you have right now. And I, and I wrote all their names down and what type and what type they were. And then I decided to take that a step further and so it's it's kind of developed into this like very simple subsystem of pet ownership. That's
0: awesome. I mean, I think the I think the idea that as as people, at least our modern society, we we love pets so much and you know they have so many endearing qualities that you can see that come out in so much media. I mean, you know, spoiler alert for early season of Game of Thrones for, like, the next 30 seconds. Um, for in Game of Thrones uh, Season 1, Episode 2 and 4, they kill one of the direwolves, and in Episode 4, Gregor Clagain. Beheads a stinking horse, and you look at all the rest of the murder and mayhem that happens in that show, and people are like, Meh. But if you kill an animal, especially like the cuter, the more heinous your crime. But like, God help you if you kill one of those dire wolves.
1: Yeah. There's no there's no corner you can hide in. I think I think culturally we have started to assign a certain level of like innocence to animals whether or not yeah. that is like deserved. Um, because some I animals mean, are, look are at serious any, monsters.
0: <laughs> you you look at any cat's face and in those eyes you can see many 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 many, many qualities but never ever ever mercy is it (laughs) in is it innocence even a kitten the tiniest little kitten if you look it straight in the eyes there is a deeper darker intelligence hiding beneath (laughs) the surface
1: waiting to turn your leg into that makes sense ribbons yeah that makes sense um there Regardless, I think we as humans, we know ourselves and we know the the sort of awfulness that we're capable of. And sometimes we don't take the best care of ourselves. You know, if you if you have a dog or a cat and you notice that that animal is sick, you know, you'll go make sure that it gets its medicine and you will not miss times during the day where that medicine should be administered. Right. But right. you will absolutely miss your own medication. Right. You will. Yeah. For, you'll forget about it. You'll let it lapse. Once you start feeling better, you don't care anymore. You're right? Feeling
0: responsible for something else's life.
1: Right. And And I think it's just more so with something that we can just attribute this like sort of, Inherent life value to this, this innocence, this thing that mm-hmm. we just, we just love for essentially no reason, you know? And it, it's, it's almost, you could say, unrequited, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in the Dragon Age game that I ran for, for our patrons, you know, the first, I, I literally gave them a save the cat quest and they were like willing to risk life and limb for this, oh, for of this, course, for this cat. And, and that really helped unite them in, in, a, in a strong way. Hey, the, the party who saves small furry creatures together. <laughs> Stays together, right? So um, so let me ask you a question. Okay. Let's get into sort of the creative exercise of this. Mm. What, are, what are some things that you want to do with pets in a game? Or you think other people would want to do with, with pets in a game?
0: Hmm. Well, just
1: I I
0: mean, maybe this goes without saying, but like raise them or I mean, I guess you could go the Pokemon angle and say train them. Um Right. But,
1: training and raising, absolutely. That's yeah. part of the, the fun, part of the process. What what do you think would be involved with that? Um involving
0: the the pet and training the and raising. Yeah. In involving the pet in related activities to what you're trying to train it to do. Like if you want it to learn how to fight, you put it in fights. If, you know, it's all, it's all practical exercises, right?
1: Okay. So in a way the pet kind of does whatever activity you're doing and it, and it reflects the values you've instilled into it. Yeah. Okay. Or, or that's, that's the hope. What other things would, would, would come into, You know, the 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 care and raising of these creatures,
0: the feedback that the creatures give you. Ooh, that's important. You know, the it's really gratifying when, you know, you get home and your dog is super excited to see you or, you know, if you're sitting on the couch and your cat comes and, you know, sits down next to you, it's it's a nice feeling. It's like, okay, this is another living thing. That feels very comfortable around me. And for for a creature where its survival instincts are always the most paramount thing in the creature's mind as far as we know, the fact that they are accepting of us, even though we're another species, to just kind of hang out around us and share that space and companionship
1: is really neat. So you, you want to be loved back right yeah. or or at least accepted and and I think that's really important you know we're we're sitting there talking about all these important things that are happening in the game and when the when the kids bring their characters all back to the the main town they're like one of them says oh, I go see my pet at the farm and I go okay yep. what do you do and he goes I want to pet my dire wolf and I go okay and then they're like can I roll handle animal I'm like yeah and they, and they do, I go, they go I got a 15 and I go, oh, uh, the pet, you know, uh, it, it does that thing with its leg where it kind of like shakes and scratches, like, uh, uncontrollably. It looks really, really There's happy. A good boy. And the, and the kids just like smile ear to ear, like, yeah, <laughs> Oh, know? that's the best. And it's just I like, mean, it costs me nothing. It doesn't do anything to the game, <laughs> you know, in terms of balance, but it brings him a, you know, a little bit of joy. Oh, and totally. The, did yeah. did you
0: play uh when you played Hades, was there ever a time where you went through the main entrance hall in Hades and you didn't stop and pet Cerberus?
1: Yeah, I I, I will skip that. I'm sorry. I'm just not the same. You're you are a heartless, soulless <laughs> monster. I, yeah, What's I, wrong with you? Th- this is why it doesn't necessarily come natural to me because I don't, I'm not a really an animal person. Like if there has to be an animal, then yes, a dog. I like dogs. You know, Mm -hmm. I had, I had some, some dogs growing up and I I think I relate to them more, but like, yeah, I can live without animals in my life and I'm very happy to do so. But that's, that's not true with anyone else, anyone else (laughs) I know, basically (laughs) like basically anyone else I actually spend time hanging out with. They're like, no, it's all about animals and like, fair enough. Okay. So I have to figure out what people want from this. So we've, you've talked a little bit about raising them. One, one big part of that also is diet. You know what you're able to to feed them. Oh yeah. Feeding the pet. Yeah. And That's I actually true. surveyed my class about this today. Like what are some things you would want from a pet in D and D and one thing that people were asking about was essentially evolution. You know, they wanted to mm-hmm. see some kind growth. of progression or growth. You know, and and feeding it was you know a, a specific part of it, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so feeding, uh, I mean, that grooming, can even be housing like a point.
0: That can even be like a point of pride, like what you feed your uh your pet. You know, like like being able to put premium in your. In your car instead of just regular
1: unlimited. Well, yeah, essentially. Because, like, right. if you feed it, maybe you're low key giving it like something akin to experience points, you right. know. But if you are willing to shell out for the good stuff, then, you know, or if you, you know, we were talking about helianas earlier. Let's say you, mm-hmm. you down a Tyrannosaurus Rex and, you know, the Dire Wolf gets to eat some of that. Is there a bonus? from ha- right. having you know T-Rex in the diet, you know. You
0: absorb the T-Rex's power.
1: You know, and in real life, you know, probably not, but in in the game, you know, yeah, let's let's do Why something not? with that. Why not? Let's let's go for it. So, um what are some let's say game centric uh benefits that a pet can give your character? So, you know, we've kind of got into like emotional fulfillment and some characterization stuff like that's all there for sure. Um, but they, let they,
0: they can make great decoys.
1: Uh, they can. And that's actually one answer that a lot of my students gave me was distractions, uh, yeah. decoys. Um, sometimes, of course, like tanks. Right. We want someone to yeah. go into battle for us. Oh, and that's yeah. that's I a mean, little bit more involved.
0: Well, I mean, the the notion of a guard dog is, you know, as old as, you know, human beings. Well, a lot
1: of fantasy right. characters have pets, right? And yep. usually they're a big part of it. You know, of course, Dritz being one of the most famous D&D characters ever, has right. um, his his pet panther, uh, Guinevar, Right. And uh, they do everything together, essentially. Oh, so, yeah. And it's it's basically a, a wondrous item, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, and I mean, the fact that it's alive and it can react to
0: you in, you know, y- you have these potentially unpredictable interactions with them where, you know, with, with an item you have, You know, it's just a tool. You grab your sword, you make the sword do what you need it to do. That is the extent of that relationship. Unless, of course, it's actually an intelligent sword, but that's a whole different bag of words. That's a whole other Um, thing. uh, But in the case of regular animals and pets, that's actually an interaction that you, the player, and you, the GM, can play out like especially if you have a spell like speak with animals
1: oh that's you know, like the most used spell at that table
0: <laughs> it's so fun like you want to talk forget to the, the practical use no. i mean you know you run into a giant spider being able to say hey mr spider how about you don't eat me you know can we strike a deal
1: oh and i i one of my house rules is I completely change the personality of a of an animal if speak with animals is ever cast right. So, like, because by the book it's supposed to be like you just kind of get their general impressions, thoughts, and feelings. Mm. But I absolutely go into personification, right? I, and I can't imagine not doing that. Right? right, like to me, I that's feel just like that's the whole the point. way more fun option, right? Though I could also see a player going totally. That's not what I want that spell to do, right? Like if you're doing something a little bit more serious, a little bit more grim, having a you know wise crack, cracking a raccoon might you know undercut that a little bit. I might argue well, it could provide some comic relief. But, you know, again, just depending on how you want your session to feel, you can go by the book. For me, say, if you cast that on rat, on a rat, you're going to get Templeton from Charlotte's Web, right? <laughs> or you're you're going to get some kind of like New York mafia gangster type character. Oh. You know, if you if you cast it on a deer, it's going to be this like Sort of paranoid meth head, you
0: know. Like, shh, 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 shh. hey, what's going on? Is there a hunter? Is there a hunter around? What's <laughs> going on?
1: It's like constantly looking around all the time. You know, if you cast on a dog, you're basically going to get dug from up. You know. Oh,
0: that was <laughs> the perfect. Uh, like, I don't know how you could better characterize a dog. I have just like, met
1: you, and now I love you.
0: <laughs> no, I love you, <laughs> yeah. like completely unrestrained. You are my master.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, Doug. you gotta love Doug. You know, Doug's great, and it's. Um, D- did you watch Doug Days on Disney Plus? No, I never watched that. No, oh, they're so
0: funny. I love like they're funny, they're, yeah. Oh, they're they're great. And they're like maybe you know a couple minutes a piece, like maybe five minutes. They're short, um, and there's like six of them. You go watch them; you'll you'll laugh. It's a good time.
1: Yeah. So, what are some other benefits other than like battle directly um, that they can do?
0: That they can do things that the pet or thing themself- or
1: possibly things they can provide us. But yeah, like. What is okay. the game benefit of me, ha- you know, bothering to invest time and money into this thing?
0: Well, it can it can be like prestige, depending on what kind of pet it is. Like,
1: you okay, know, so like a social check bonus of some kind, or like like circumstantial. Hey,
0: yeah, I mean, Mike Tyson's got a tiger. Dude walks into a room with a tiger on a leash,
1: like that gets him some kind of bonus. It, it definitely makes a statement, right? It makes an impression. It definitely does. It definitely does, yeah. I mean, even Absolutely. even less ridiculously, like, you
0: have a guy walk in, and he's got a real big dog. Yeah. You know, he's got a Doberman pincher on a leash next to him. That's... Even that makes a statement. Like, okay, you know... you Because you're also kind of thinking... About what this says about you, right? You know, someone oh, walks up, yeah, it's and you've a, got this animal with you. What, what kind of person chooses
1: whatever animal that is? I mean, it's it's essentially an accessory, right? And, it, and it's part of that expression, right? And that that's not to belittle people that have pets. I mean, but it is part of our expression. That's why we have cat people and dog people, right? Right. Because there there's just some things you don't personally align with in the same way. Isn't uh, um
0: one of the like one of the more popular uh fantasy characters, I think it was from Baldur's Gate. Maybe it was Baldur's Gate to Minsk and Boo, right? Oh yeah. Big and old it, like a big old barbarian he's got like a little gerbil
1: or Yep. 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 Yeah, I mean, and that's that's like Super famous, right? Everybody remembers Minsk from um from Baldur's Gate. Nobody no almost no one ever talks about Imowen, maybe a little bit, or Jahira and Khalid. They don't talk about um gosh, I can't even uh uh Dinahir, who mm. essentially is Minx's traveling companion that you have to save like she nobody ever talks about her nobody cares about her <laughs> right cuz minsk was crazy he was hilarious and he had a and he had a hamster he thought was like this space alien thing
0: it can it can immediately you know as much as it gives you this uh you can use it to make yourself more intimidating like if you have a bear or a doberman or something it can it can also do the flip side thing where you've got this huge barbarian, but immediately the instant you show him talking to a gerbil, you know, it's like Kronk talking to the squirrel. It's
1: the, well, it's it's
0: immediately just adorable. Right. It it exactly.
1: Yeah. And it it can be, it can be very endearing. I'm, I'm also reminded of that scene from, um, 101 Dalmatians when they're, when they're going to the dog park, and everybody's dog looks like them, right?
0: Oh, yeah,
1: totally. You know what I, mean? and I think And I think that's just so funny. Um, but, okay, so one thing you, you mentioned is prestige. So, so some of the suggestions were things like providing some kind of passive bonus. Um, sure, yeah. And um, this is something that they did with the familiars in back in 3rd edition, as I recall where depending on uh, what kind of creature you had with you, you would get some sort of passive bonus. So your selection right. of companion was as strategic as much as it was, like a role-playing choice. Like, I think having a toad gave you, like, two constitution, right? Yeah.
0: Um, I And, you know, for the record, I don't know how I exactly feel about that. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's fine. I like the, um, I think the obvious idea there is, you know, whatever bonus they're contributing to, you just figure, okay, it's a little more now because it's just reflecting the fact that you have an animal that can help you with that. You know, I, I think that's probably how you'd excuse it flavor-wise. Um, but it would be nice if, if it was... Uh, you know, if somebody's not picking an owl because it grants them, you know, whatever it grants them, but then again, maybe that is part of buying a pet, you know, maybe even for us in real life, if you go, you know, if you want a guard dog, you don't just pick any animal, you go and you track down an animal that serves a purpose that you want it to serve, right.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. You absolutely.
0: So I guess it does make you. sense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, certainly animals in even in the current edition, it, they don't really do the passive buff anymore, mm. but they do have benefits and drawbacks for selecting them. You know, like if you right. get, you know, essentially some sort of avian creature, it can go real fast. Obviously, it can fly. It's a it's a great scout. You know, oh,
0: anything that can fly. The, the instant you introduce flight, like controllable flight for anything in d d that it's always a game changer. Like even if it's just via a familiar being able to access things by sending something through the air is
1: so it can be really powerful. Yeah, and you want to be really kind of careful with this. Yeah. Um. Because we can, we can bog down like combat rounds, especially if everybody's got their Pokemon right, and if everybody's Pokemon can fully participate in battle, and yeah, and we can really grind things to a halt. We can also make an encounter um maybe too easy. Um, I well. I, I, I kind of made this mistake with uh, Storm King's Thunder, where the party was able to fly these rocks over mm-hmm. to um, fight the final boss, and they, you know, one of them was a druid, so they were able to like essentially recruit these rocks, <laughs> and they just absolutely made mincemeat of this hey. uh, of this final boss, and it was just it was very anticlimactic right but smart it was smart you know i mean it was it was good but um and certainly that player felt really cool but you know it was it was a little bit rough to you know try to build up for a villain not that the build up for this villain was particularly great but you know and to have it kind of diminished like that plus it also it's like okay my this guy's you know pet he recruited just did 40 damage I did 20 with my actual character I feel sort of bad about that and so that can that can kind of sour somebody's experience So you know I I know that
0: generally speaking as as a GM you have this kind of uh, more or less a a very limited a house rule or a house limitation to pet classes where you basically say, you know, if you're doing summons at most, you get one. And if the class says you get a bunch, talk to me and we'll figure out an alternative. Yeah. You I, don't want a bunch at the table.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I, I would maybe, I, I don't know that I would have a rule that strict only because I think it's I think it's a question of player responsibility like if you're a brand new player if you've never played the game before ever I'm not going to have you create a character I'm going to give you a pregen. if you're very 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 new I may be steer you towards something like fighter that's a little bit easier to handle because I know putting a wizard in your hands right off the bat if you have no experience could bog down the game but if you can show me that you can handle what you're trying to do and that you can do it without bogging things down then I say by all means because having the huge horde of skeletons or whatever is awesome. But if you're not a player that can handle that, you know, controlling that many minions efficiently time-wise, then yeah, you shouldn't be doing it. Like I, I would make someone, you know, show me that they are up to the task of handling it instead
1: of maybe vetoing it outright. So, Sure. I mean, conditions can certainly apply, but I would also mm. bring up that sometimes very skilled players, particularly optimizers, uh can mm-hmm. make their turns quite lengthy. And we um so experience isn't necessarily the only thing involved here. Also well, I'm just let's, saying- let's let's now imagine that more than one player, you know, collects Casts, let's say, conjure animals, right? Well, and, and now we're we're bringing up all this initiative. And I, I would love to meet the player who is going to run that efficiently. Uh, I have not met them. Um, now, may, maybe I did, and I and I prevented that from happening. But you know, if especially if I have lots of monsters on the field, like, do you want to have? 30 people, 30 participants in this combat. I mean, it's up to you, man. You you can absolutely do that. But I also hey. know how much you like that narration. And yeah. doing that kind of narration per creature, no, that's it, and, not going to be a fast process.
0: That's that's what I'm saying. Have the person show you how they would play multiple creatures and if yeah. whatever they do takes too long, that's then you draw the line from there. Like yeah, maybe n- they can handle two, but not seventeen.
1: You know. Yeah, you know, and I, I'd be willing to work with a player on that that kind of thing. And um, in the past, where I've, I've I've said it beforehand, like, "Hey, I personally don't want to deal with this." Mm. Um. You know, it's worked out great because like we had one person who was a circle of shepherd druid and I said, well, here's my, here's my beef. And Mm -hmm. they said, okay, I'll accept the deal to have one stronger ally instead of um, several weaker ones. Sure. And I, and I said, great. And we worked that out early. Then fast forward several years and I had kind of forgotten about this because just nobody played Beastmaster, right like right and and then a player um cast like conjure Fay or summon Fay whatever it is and it, it oh, someone's like eight fairies oh. or, or something like that and I had I had forgotten to bring this up you yeah know? and so in that moment i i didn't say oh, no no I didn't say no but i I basically had them doing like out of combat interaction, which sort of like cut down the amount of participants in the act of combat from the enemy Mm. side. But this wasn't satisfying to that player. Mm. And, and which is fine and and totally understandable, but they, you know, the idea was they were trying to have this fantasy where they were gathering this army because yeah. they had also recruited these, like, neutral NPCs and were involved in, like, a turf war. And so I was facing this moment where I I did have, like, 30-something possible combatants. Oh, and, I, and I just didn't want to do it. And I didn't really know what to do in the moment. And I kind of, you know, tried to make it as manageable as possible and, unfortunately, alienated right. a player. Um, and then we, we talked about what that expectation would be afterwards.
0: And of course you would like,
1: you would prefer to do that beforehand. So absolutely. But all that being said, I thought I thought of a pretty good solution, uh, for this kind of trouble. Also players, you know, as you point out, have different levels of wanting to be involved in a turn, right? Right. Some people do want several things to do because they get bored and they they're know the rules very well and they want to comm- feel like that commander of, of minions. Yeah. Right. And that's a perfectly valid fantasy to have. Right. So. Totally. Totally. On the other hand, some of us want our pet to feel very minor compared to us, or we don't want to do a lot of management, but we want to have them and we want them to matter in some quantitative way. Right. Okay. So I made a couple of essentially training options that my players could pick from sweet. And the first one was like, when you take the attack action, As a bonus action, you can have your pet um, attack an enemy and it does like a D6 damage plus your proficiency or plus its strength or whatever you want to go with. Um, And that's it, right? So it's kind of Mm -hmm. the equivalent of like the Fathomless Warlock's tentacle, right? Or um, like Circle of Stars Druid firing off one of their stars. Like, just getting this little small damage bonus action attack. But the mm. but the pet is essentially, like, sharing a space with you. This could be especially good if it's, like, a baby or some kind of flyer. Right. Like, you know, like, one of my players has, like, a baby dragon. And, like, yeah. I, could, I could just hand him the card with the, you know, blue dragon wormling stats on it. But it's probably more than this particular player wants to handle.
0: Right? So just letting it being
1: a flavorful extra thing you can do with your bonus action seemed like a pretty good solution.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Especially if you have a pet that that's more that would be kind of directly involved in combat like that. You know, if if you have a pet slug, it's not gonna help you you know, in direct combat. Um, I do also like the idea of, uh, taking, taking the concept of a passive buff, but having it be something where like an active, uh, well, something where you have a few, like almost treat it like stances, Mm -hmm. uh, And at the start of a fight, you basically say, I want my pet Raven to be in mode A, B, or C. And for the duration of the fight, the animal is doing whatever and kind of will have a general effect on the encounter. And maybe you tack on like, you know, you can use your bonus action to called to your pet and switch them to a different mode or something.
1: Uh, right. Or if you have several pets, you, your mode could be, which one do I currently have, you know, essentially equipped, right? Like which yeah. one of them is, is active because like, if your players are collecting like five pets each, you know, that they just have, I have my players keep all of, but one of them in the stables. Mm. Right. Right. And so they still have their collection and they still get to visit them and interact with them and feed them and all that other fun stuff. But they, but they also have to do kind of a loadout choice. Right. Yeah. And that's, they were perfectly happy to go along with that. So that, that worked out really well. Um, Another thing borrowing from the uh, familiar spell um, is the ability to deliver uh, touch spells. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So what these two options have in common is that, you know, I'm kind of borrowing from Find Familiar, but I'm also not giving the whole thing. Sure. Um Now, you could alternatively just do that. You could just say, well, effectively, this player uses Find Familiar, you know, or, or you know, uses maybe even, you might even go as far as like a Beastmaster companion from mm-hmm. uh, Tasha's. Right, or literally just hand that player that card from yeah. like if you have like monster cards or whatever. Right, or hand them or let them fill out the character sheet, whatever it is, you could do that. But for me, the 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 balancing factor that is that you risk your creature, right? Like if you love your pet, like especially with kids, I'm ne- I don't want to, to kill any of these kids' pets, right? Right. Because that's probably going to make them upset. Right. So I also don't want to fill up a lot of turn economy with pet actions. Right. So, you know, these two options are like, okay, you basically can have a bonus action interaction, but also your animals essentially not targetable. It's just part of you. It's basically Mm. an item, right. Or a, or a spell. Whereas if, if you say, no, I want my Pet to be fully a creature on this battlefield, I would say, okay, we can do that, but recognize they are now also a target. And unlike something like an animal companion or a fine familiar, this is not a spirit that takes the form of a creature that can come back to life. Right. It can, it can die permanently. Yep. Right. And that's kind of the one of the balancing aspects right and if you if you're willing to put your creature in risk you can have that added power but if you aren't then maybe one of these options is a better choice right yeah
0: i think i think a, another way you could do it depending on how many pets a person has um you know if you have like a druid or ranger type that literally is like gathering, you know, a horde of these tiny woodland critters that all do, you know, he'll have an owl and a squirrel and a field mouse and a rat and a, you know, whatever the heck. Um, what would be interesting is you could develop ahead of time, depending on how, you know, how intricate you'd want to make this, but you make a list of the available pets Uh, animals you give each of them a major buff uh, a major buff and a minor buff and at any given time you can have as many pets as you want with you but you can only basically focus on up to two pets at a time and you basically choose one pet's major one pet's minor and they and make them passive abilities and basically say okay i'm activating this major and this minor ability and you're you basically look at the pets that you've collected almost as like a spell book of passive buffs where you can act you switch on a few switch off a few depending on the situation right
1: yeah so for me that's that's how i use the stable right like Cool. Okay, the stable or the pen or whatever it is or the farm whatever you you want to use is basically your spell book. Right. Right. And then you then you prepare spells, you know, by by selecting who who's going to be your buddy this time. Right. You know. Or like you say like maybe they're all running around with you, that's fine, but this one is is for for game combat purposes. You actually.
0: choose which ones contributing. You know,
1: Yeah, um, and that's totally fine too. Or you could you can totally just you know create a magic item that's essentially pokeball belts. You know, Um, why not? Why not? You know, who cares? Enjoy it. Worked out good the first time someone tried that idea. You know, go
0: for it. (laughs) Although, did you ever (laughs) did you ever see? um, I think. I want to say it was maybe it was college humor that did it. No, it wasn't them. That Pokemon Rusty, it was like a a series of these little webisodes um, that are made to look like the color uh, one of the color Game Boy uh, Pokemon games. Where you have the, you know, it's kind of top down. You have the little character running around. And he's like, he's like the worst version of Ash from Pokemon. Like, he's completely incompetent, completely just runs into all the rough situations, and then is like, all the worst things about Pokemon trainers. Like, he doesn't know about pokeball capacity so he catches like nine bidoofs and tries to but he keeps using the same pokeball and then one day like it's like the pokeball exceeds its capacity and just starts spilling out these dead bidoof corpses (laughs) everywhere all over the ground and even team rockets they're going oh my god what is happening
1: that, that sounds like
0: college humor yeah yeah it's yeah oh if you haven't seen that, anyone out there, go
1: Google Pokemon uh, Rusty. It's a good time. They definitely had some good ones on that on that channel. Um, definitely the yeah. So the so the the four things I option I offered were essentially the bonus action attack. Mm-hmm. The I can deliver touch spells. Uh, the this is an actual combatant on the field mm-hmm. and is basically an actual animal and. The fourth one was the passive buff, which yeah. uh, which I called inspirational. Mm. So the idea was you you taught your pet to essentially be a show animal and you were like grooming it well and feeding it well. Mm. and and its job was to look cute. And mm. some people picked that one, right? And the, the what it would give you was essentially a blessed die. But only for the um, saving throws and for um, social checks, mm. as you as you suggested earlier. Not the attack rolls, but I yeah. mean, you could you could do several things with it. Um,
0: oh, totally! I mean that that just got me thinking of, uh, you know, having a pet to look cute. I mean, the. The way an animal could contribute to non. You could uh, also
1: make it intimidate, you know, like if you're exactly and you've got that raven on you or whatever, and you want that to look imposing, you can absolutely do that.
0: I mean, if you're a pirate and you got this rad looking parrot on your shoulder, (laughs) how much more pirate cred do you have with all your pirate
1: peers? (laughs) Always gain advantage when talking to pirates, right? Yeah,
0: they go, you know, most days I wouldn't tarry with the likes of you. But today I see you got that fine looking bird there on your shoulder. And I think <laughs> this guy, he's all right.
1: He's all right. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe you reduce cannonball damage, you know, by two or something. I don't know. Um. But you I feel know, it like should be something with the theme there. It should be something fairly minor that doesn't help you maximize damage, right? And so, I think that.
0: Well, like I think, I think it's you one need way to re- go with it. I think you need to refine the cannonball damage reduction idea because, like, you got something <laughs> there. You got something there, but thematically, it. Oh, there's only one scenario in which that makes thematic sense, and that is if the benefit of reducing cannonball damage is only usable once. Right.
1: So when when I offered this to... For the
0: listeners at home, it means that the parrot got hit by a cannonball, and it's now no yeah, longer I, yeah, usable. They,
1: they, they got it. <laughs> because... <laughs> they got <laughs> it. I got it. We all got it. Come on, man. (laughs) It was a dead parent joke. But honestly, you could. (laughs) I probably probably wouldn't be like a player choice necessarily. But I if if uh, if I was about to kill a player character, I might just break their heart instead. And and go ahead and say, you wake up, you know, from being knocked out. But you you turn over and there it's lying on the ground. Is it has sacrificed oh, itself to save you, right? You um, you pulled your
0: punches, man. You gotta have them laying did there. I? With yes, you did. Did because I? You because they gotta they gotta have be like poisoned, where you know you're like paralyzed, but you can't close your eyes, and you're laying there, and you're aware of everything, but you can't move, and you see them kill the pet oh, right there okay. because that's how you get john wick oh
1: right yeah yep that's true
0: you hurt my dog now i need to make a franchise
1: i like how just like universally that movie is just loved because we would all do it right like oh yeah
0: (laughs) you (laughs) you messed up my dog i'm going to extinguish your family line
1: (laughs) yeah i'm gonna i'm about to ruin this man's whole career this Um, is proportional this is proportional, exactly. <laughs> totally
0: reasonable.
1: No <laughs> judge, whatever. To, to everything that just happened. Yeah, 100%. So um, other than, than combat stuff, uh, some other suggestions that I got that I thought were, were clever mm. uh, were, were things like tracking, right? They can oh, you track. yeah,
0: definitely. Well, right? I mean, there's real-life examples of that. You got bloodhounds, right?
1: Well yeah, you got canine units, all that other stuff. Yep. Um totally. You can obviously have scouts. Um I you know, I really like Far Cry Primal. I think you enjoyed that game too. Yeah. In that game you could send out I think it was like a hawk or an owl or something. I forget what it was, but it was some sort of, you know, avian creature and Yep. You could you could send it out to scout out the enemy camp and tag everyone for you so yep. that your all your stealth takedowns would be easier. Well,
0: shoot, Um, even uh, uh, I mean, this this is Ubisoft as well, but Assassin's Creed, the you know, whoever your assassin character is, especially in the more modern uh, Assassin's Creed games, usually they have that uh, that eagle and you can you know, you've got hotkey commands, you know, to have it like dive bomb whoever you're fighting or, you know. Stuff like that, or they can find you materials,
1: or like you know, yes, loot, I, yeah. that sort material of material gathering, resource gathering is another thing that they could be good at. Um, they can also deliver I mean, messages and small items.
0: Really, you just think of Atreus in God of War and all <laughs> the stuff pet. he does, <laughs> but a
1: animal. Um, and, and Bioshock, an animal. Um, uh, if you've played an animal won't sass you. Unless That's, they're a parrot. Well, <laughs> unless it's a parrot.
0: I'm pretty sure my cat actually has um, me some a few times.
1: Have you have you played Bioshock Infinite? Oh yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth, so like, right? Yeah, Elizabeth in that in that game, she runs around, she gathers items, and she'll like throw you health potions and stuff that she finds. Yep. You know, so she's not like a companion I have to protect to can and or control, but she provides mm-hmm. this this utility to me that still helps me feel like I'm the one doing the combat. Right. Right. So that's, I thought that was a really well done companion and they made her very sympathetic. So yeah. um, I thought that was very successful.
0: You know, um, I, I think that this, that what all this really boils down to is do whatever you want when it comes to pets and companion characters so so long as whatever you do does not add to the to the basically to the players uh
1: processing load yes exactly right right you know and if they if, if, if they you're they not spending a lot it, more
0: time whatever
1: right you know we we're not giving them more balls to juggle right correct so, because they, they want to have it, but they also want to still be the hero in, in most cases. Right. right. Um, so, if... Um, you know,
0: I think another, another cool way you could go about it, cause it's like thinking about pet characters, you know, I think one of the most, uh, I guess, archetypical uh, images of a pet, class in an rpg that isn't like a druid or a ranger with a big furry thing um is the necromancer with his horde of skeletons you know like kind of diablo 2 ish oh um, yeah totally and I, I think another neat way spore druid also
1: gets to do that oh there you go
0: um i think a neat way to handle that might be treating it more like um like the character is sort of a general and you treat what their, their main actions instead of spells or um, things like that, you're telling one of your pets to do something as your turns action. Like the main thing you do is, is directing all these different trained creatures to do different things depending on the combat situation you're in or the non-combat situation you're in. You can
1: for that you can you can let your animal become like your actual just cantrip, trip, right? You, yeah. So you can you can make their interaction maybe a little bit stronger. But it's you but know. it costs your action to do it. You know, I I think that's fine. Yeah, you, you know? treat it and like
0: that- spells. Like you could train your bear to do more cool stuff. And it's like, all right, I'm going to cat air quotes cast you know, a level six bear
1: ability. I cast cat. Yeah. Meow. Or, yeah. Or I cast bear. Yeah. Whatever Meow. it is. Uh, particularly with like smaller or flying creatures, I could see this making sense. Yeah. You know, like okay, I can shoot someone with a crossbow. I can throw a firebolt, or I can cast a bird. You know, and then they can, mm. You know, they do one d four peck damage or something. Oh uh,
0: yeah, I mean you could have uh, maybe your. Maybe your druid or ranger has uh like a flock of pigeons and he could use like air raid and you could have like fifty pigeons fly overhead and just poop on everything.
1: Absolutely. Really, Tell me just that casting, wouldn't distract you. He's you. just casting fog cloud effectively. Yeah. Exactly. But it's a, <laughs> yeah, no. but it's
0: a it's a bird crap cloud. Okay, Ugh. but that that Ugh. thing's
1: uh that thing's long rest, right? You know, like you gotta. Oh yeah, once per you know. long rest, <laughs> you have well, charges it's a slot, like magic. Right? You, you can have charges like magic items, and if you roll a one to to recharge, they die. <laughs> they just burst. <laughs> they just like, explode. Uh, like you gave him Alka Seltzer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, like in Shrek when Fiona's singing to the wooden oh, yeah? creatures. <laughs> it's just one of And the pops. bird tries to sing along. Yeah, he just inflates. Yeah, oh, just, man,
1: you, you just lose them.
0: Good yeah. times. All that was left are smoking bird feet on the branch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, um, one other thing that I've done with with this group is they I gave them a quest where they had to go. They were working for the Emerald Enclave, which is essentially a faction full of druids and stuff. And I they feel said, like that fits this discussion. It does, and they were because I gave them a choice between the Emerald Enclave and the, and the Zentarim to join.
0: Oh man, that's who uh, cute
1: and they were animals
0: are like, super rad assassins,
1: <laughs> right? They were like, uh, I kind of don't trust the Zentarim guy, and and again, remember these are kids, so they don't they don't like already know about the Zentarim, oh. right? And the, like this is the first time they've ever heard this name, probably. And I'm pretty so, sure
0: these guys are super evil.
1: And and I'm not playing these guys like Snidely Whiplash, right? Oh, you should. Um, That's a good time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I was I was playing him just like he was the grizzled old veteran, you know, and he was like a paladin of conquest, right? And so. Mm. You know, he was just very kind of serious and stoic, you know, but he was here to help and he he just wants to protect the town. But he just he needs you to, you know, murder this giant first, you know, it's like, well, can we just stop? And it's like, no, you got to bring me his head. So it's like there's this little bit of like brutality involved mm-hmm. and the kids kind of picked up on that. And they're like, we. I don't know if this guy makes me. He seems a little too keen to get his hands on some severed body parts. I don't right. know. Uh, where, the Emerald Enclave guy was saying, here is this other thing you can do, where we have to very unfortunately put down this big owl bear, and uh, because it's just grown out of control, and, it's, and um, you know, it's it's killing uh, too many other males, and you know, it's it's throwing the ecosystem out of balance. Um, but bring its its corpse back so that we can honor it and, and essentially re- repurpose it. And uh, they ended up going with the Alber choice. They also of dealt with the giant because they're also little like experienced hounds. But oh they, well, yeah. They dealt with their giant in their own way, though. Like they they really tried their best to to make peace, right? And, but with, I feel uh, like,
0: I feel like the way you say that means that that was not, the didn't end well, <laughs> it still didn't <laughs> end well for the giant, right?
1: <laughs> to be fair, he kind of had it coming, but uh, they, he had so it they, coming. So they, they, they the Emerald Enclave. They, they, they kill this, this out of controlled owl bear, but the cave is filled with cubs. If you have to make an
0: owl bear sound, what sound do you make?
1: Uh, I, I would say, uh, <laughs> that's, that's my, my. Andrew laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs>
0: I what? I don't, gonna, I don't know. I don't you're know. You're an
1: owlbear now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I don't even know. I don't know. The, the, as I think about it, the the sort of uh, Chewbacca roar would probably be really. <laughs> I, I can't do that. Oh man, that's cool. you gotta. It's it's
0: <laughs> in the you gotta you got it's the tip of your tongue. Because
1: because there's something of like a screech, but also a bear roar. It's gonna be a little bit of both. Maybe more screechy, I guess, because the the owl parts really the head. All
0: you got to do, go out into a garage that has like an old metal tool bench and a concrete floor and those kind of rickety legs that vibrate a lot and just drag that thing across the garage floor and put a microphone down by the floor. Yeah, actually Chewbacca. that,
1: That would probably actually make some sense. There, um,
0: there are whole video reels of people finding Chewbacca sounds in like furniture and drawers and stuff. It's dude, great. Your search
1: history's gotta be like the
0: weirdest thing. Hey, I I'm a man of eclectic taste.
1: <laughs> he's a he's a connoisseur of the strange. That's that's <laughs> um that, well, it, that it, sounds anyway. pretty cool. So I am gonna finish this story if it kills you. I, so they they go ahead and they take all these baby owlbears and they bring them back, home. <gasps> oh. and and then they're like, well, what do we do with them all now? It's so like each one of them has their own owl bear that they've named and assigned personalities to. I and love all of this. Yeah, it's great. So they we build an owl bear farm, and oh. and and now the owl bears are bringing in passive income. So now they're now they're playing farm this simulator. Is
0: the best thing that's ever been done in D D ever. Well I, I thought
1: so. I just I thought so.
0: All I want to do now is hug <laughs> owlbear cubs. As like I'm imagining this very like hyper saturated cartoon gif of these fluffy little owlbear cubs just
1: bouncing eternally over green grass hills. Uh, well, they're basically big chickens. <laughs> they're just, like, producing these eggs, and uh, rich people buy them.
0: Owl bears hatch from eggs, huh?
1: I, I don't know if they do or not. I didn't even look it up, but I decided they do, yes. <laughs> so I basically made them big chickens. You know, I'm uh, I'm not entirely what, against that. What does that. it say? Do you have a monster manual? You can check right now. Or I'll Google it. I'll Google it right now. Do it. Do owl bears... Oh, my God, it autofilled. Okay. LOL. <laughs> owl, okay, this is from... Well, that's Stack Exchange. I don't know how, how uh, reliable that is. Oh, wait, wait. This is from the Monster Manual. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, everything I'm seeing just from the headlines of different things... Um. It looks like some of the books are inconsistent, but most of them nowadays are saying that there are eggs. Wait, I'm going to click on Reddit. What does this Reddit post say? <laughs> I just need to ask AJ. Um, hey, AJ, what's the deal? What's
0: the deal? with owl bears.
1: <laughs> okay. According to the two E monstrous manual, they lay eggs. This comment says, so uh, it, I saw another uh, article here. Um, <laughs> this, is on Sa- this is on sage advice. Oh, okay. It, and it says, "Do you, you want them to?" That's the <laughs> official answer. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I agree with that. See, you know,
0: I th- that's that's good game design.
1: <laughs> How does this know. work? Do How maybe? do you want it
0: to work? It works like that. <laughs>
1: D- don't Boom. forget, these are not real animals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so, just where do owl bears come from? Shrug emoji.
1: Well, I was trying to think, like, what else can they provide? You know, are their feathers particularly interesting? Maybe. I, I also don't want the owl bear farm to be about chopping them up. You know um oh that's scary i wanted it to be a little bit more friendly so i thought well it'd be funny if they were just these giant chickens basically you know and uh, they could, you could just lay unfertilized eggs and people could eat them oh man so i i thought that was great and so it brings in some some passive income so animals could make you money right obviously animal husbandry the technology exists so why not? Why not? Why can't they provide you with resources?
0: You gonna tell people go marry animals?
1: That's just weird. <laughs> That's just weird.
0: Who, who who look who if to go if be you can, an animal's look, husband if,
1: in a world that where you can cast speak with animals. I think animals can consent, right? The only the only well, problem yeah. the only problem is that you know most animals mature at a much younger age, so it doesn't have to be a species that lives longer so you can't ask them to marry you until they're 18. <laughs> well,
0: you just... it. It's not... Age is just a number, but
1: well, when, it,
0: when, <laughs> when it comes to the animals, whatever the animal is, the the animals know when the other animals
1: such as they have matured. Like, so are, I feel like that argument wouldn't legally hold up even when talking about human beings. I what? Well, because you, you, you could say, well, this person is obviously matured and they're 16. Oh
0: no, 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 no. I, 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 I don't, I don't mean it in like the, Oh, this person is mature. I mean, like, like,
1: Actual, no, 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 that's what I mean too. Oh, yeah, so uh, at least in terms of legal distinction, yes, age is a number, but it's also a very oh, yes. important number. Um, yes, you know, so no, I would agree with that. Yes, legally speaking, it, it, it matters. So if you can cast speak with animals and you can find an appropriately old tortoise, you can marry, yeah, tortoise. That- they,
0: and may you have a long, happy, right, and if, uh,
1: fulfilling and life. If, as long as that tortoise, in fact, does want to marry you, and can can in, you know can definitely say so, um, I <laughs> do.
0: no No! man he had me in
1: in the first half
0: my tortoise bride left me at the altar she's still leaving she's been leaving for about the past 20 minutes and she's halfway toward the door come back baby come back no problem oh she's turning around I just no, <laughs> no no
1: <laughs> I just had this uh, image of the hair outside the wedding chapel, leaning up against his motorcycle, <laughs> waiting for <it.
0: laughs>
1: his girlfriend, the tortoise.
0: <laughs> Come on, baby, we're out of here. <laughs> we're out of here. He's got a
1: leather jacket, you know. He's picking his teeth with like a toothpick, you know. You know the, the tortoise were <laughs> riding a sidecar. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. It, it would look terrific. You just see this like green bump from the shell. Mm-hmm. And you
0: <laughs> Just a big old green bubble.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> just driving this thing around. Oh, man. Oh, good so topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess put pets in your game. Here's some ideas of how and uh, uh you know if your players care about that if they're younger they probably do but they might anyway um yeah. give your I mean, players a tressem they love a tressem hmm. those are flying cats in D&D tressem yep they're just little winged house cats hmm. but they but they have like 11 intelligence like they're like they're they're basically you know have people rights
0: it <laughs> makes me think of those old Shampoo commercials, the Tressa May ones. Tressa May, ooh la la, that one.
1: That that's the one, Andrew. Yeah, that's where they got it from. That's that's definitely. Yeah. That's
0: <laughs> it's just a. It's a, a it's soak. actually
1: the Monster Manual entry. You know? It's
0: a soaking, soaking cat, all covered <laughs> in shampoo. Oh, that makes cats unhappy. <laughs> they don't typically like baths, and. No, People not typically. generally find that funny. Oh. Uh, pets are awesome, and you are wrong for not understanding that. <laughs> and I perhaps hope... Perhaps so,
1: perhaps I so. hope but that I am, you
0: renounce your Grinchy ways and come to... But the, I,
1: I, I, I the, am happy to to supply that part of the fantasy, though, and, and to um, allow players to enjoy that.
0: Well, good on you. You know, I... I appreciate you uh, trying to thaw that ice brick of a heart um,
1: to allow cats and doggies into your game. Yep, yep. Well, you know, I'm I'm trying. What? Just as a kind of a side question, what is something you like to collect in a game? It's it's like here's like the super mini subtopic at the end, right? Collecting anything in a game, like what is what is the thing that um, that Andrew likes to collect? The ears of elves. Oh my god! Oh no, I'm wow. just kidding. That's, Holy. That's, that's That's that's. I was that's gonna not... say dented bad
0: guy throats. Well, they kind of tally themselves. <laughs> they are marked indelibly upon the
1: fabric of of the universe. I. I do find that your characters often like to to collect mementos, like little little objects of. I try significance.
0: I I like to try to do that as as a way of um, trying to represent the character, feeling that a certain situation is significant, like um, the oh my goodness the little half-orc girl uh from uh from Spike's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when they died At the very beginning. Yeah, yeah she had that uh, uh that little pendant that she wore or something. I remember taking that as, you know, as sort of a um, a keepsake just to mm-hmm. you know, you will not be forgotten kind of thing
1: you know and you your character Lanziver the the halfling he had you know had a bottle of brandy that he received mm. from his father that they were then able to in a later chapter open up and enjoy together that was um, cool so these these little mementos or something that that you would like to to collect generally yeah. um I definitely like to collect um, either allies or trophies of foes, depending mm-hmm. on which character I'm playing. Right, like depending on who it is. Yeah. So um, if I'm playing a more good-aligned character, typically I am trying to to create um, a cool group of NPCs, right? And then like if I'm playing someone a little bit darker, not not necessarily evil, but maybe a little bit a little bit more. Um, edgy let's say they definitely want to ha- be geared up looking like their past conquests yeah. so and if you're playing
0: jasper you you try to collect bite marks the oh, yes whole uh, yes
1: yeah i'm trying to think of what do i what am i trying to collect i guess just information but i'm not very good at it you know I'm, <laughs> it's something new for me you know i can't help but in a way, play every rogue like it's an assassin. And yeah. it's like, like man, the assassin class seems kind of cool, but that level nine ability just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's just, it's just trash.
0: It's just the yeah. Worst. Um, I think we ought to be wrapping this up. Yeah,
1: though. yep, yep. I dare say so.
0: All right. Well, we... Uh, are trying to do something a little new, um, and I'm trying to uh, put some of the what would normally be the trailing, you know, housekeeping sort of stuff at the front end. I thought it'd be fun for the patrons to hear oh, their yeah. names right at the beginning. That's um, a good idea. But for everyone else, uh, if you haven't been over to our Patreon head on over to patreon.com slash inspirationpoint, Um, and you can have your name called out on the show, hang out with us in our private Discord, and if uh, you jump in at the highest tier, you can get in on a game run by Adam. Uh, Apart from that, if you'd like to check out our website, you can head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com and on that website you can find a couple little buttons that will take you to our Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon as well. Um, so, until next time, everybody, put some pets in your game. Do some fun things with those pets. Because pets, despite what anyone else might say, are great. They're <laughs> super fun, and they add a lot to your life. And... uh Don't be cold and dead inside. Open up your heart to the love and companionship of a small furry creature. Or or more. Or feathered. Or scaled, maybe. You know, whatever is your thing. We're not here to judge. We're here to inspire. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye. Aw, man. I was meaning to to make a right meow joke somewhere in the show tonight, and I completely dropped the ball of yarn.